Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. My name is Earl, and I'm a recovering car dealer, and I'm alive in color right here on this radio station. You heard my recorded introduction. I have to say to our new listeners, welcome. You're about to uh, uh, experience something, listen to something, maybe watch it if you're on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook. But you're about uh, to experience something that you've never seen before. Uh, it's a candid, live, uh, tell it like it is, no punches pulled. Uh, we name names, we name places, we, we talk more candidly uh, live than just about any kind of show. I mean, maybe 60 Minutes. These uh, folks out there, remember the old 60 Minutes with Mike Wallace? Uh, they've kind of, you know, uh, modified. They're not quite as aggressive, but I'd say we're close to a 60 Minutes kind of a show. And uh, we rely heavily on the fact that this show always tells the truth, at least what we think is the truth. I mean, there's never been a time we make mistakes and then we admit it and we apologize. But uh, transparency and honesty on this show about how you should buy or lease your next car, how you should maintain or repair your car without getting taken advantage of. Car dealers, and I'm talking to the new folks, I apologize to our regular listeners, and we have a lot of regular listeners, but uh, car dealers for half a century that I know of, because that's about how long the Gallup annual poll on honesty and ethics in professions has been conducted for, for about a half a century they're ranked at the bottom of the list in honesty and ethics here is a giant retail organization one of the largest retail organizations in the world thousands and thousands of car dealers I mean they're like gas stations I used to be like banks there's not as many banks as there used to be but everywhere you go uh, there's a car dealership and you take them all together and you ask all the people in the United States what do you think about them the people of the United States says, we don't think they're honest or ethical. And it's going on for 50 years. Interestingly enough, when we hit the digital revolution, you know, the, uh, the information explosion age, artificial intelligence, you know, a lot of businesses cleaned up their acts. Think of some great stores you deal with. Amazon, Costco, Target. Um, uh, I could go on and on. There are a lot of honest retailers out there. How many honest car dealers, transparent car dealers, can you name? There's some, you know. I uh, I don't want to uh, downgrade. I talk to car dealers uh, frequently that call me up and, and say, uh, I appreciate what you're doing. And uh, I, I, unfortunately, there's a lot more that uh, aren't happy at all with the fact that we tell it like it is here. So your calls and your um, observations are extremely important to us. That's really the purpose of the show is to educate. I mean, there's a little entertainment going on. Uh, we try not to be boring. 
Because if we bore you, you're not going to listen, and what's the point in trying to educate? But our call-in number is 877-960-9960. Again, that number, call-in, old-fashioned telephone, kind of a call-in, 877-960-9960. get a lot of calls, and we love the calls. Calls are more personal, and, uh, you know, it's just a dialogue. They have a dialogue. Text, it's more of a monologue, but we try to answer all your texts, and that text number is 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. And we have a unique input that has become one of our most popular. It's anonymous feedback. You can text us or communicate with us by total anonymity. It's hard for me to say, anonymity. It's a good word. And that is youranonymousfeedback.com. That's the website that you go to, youranonymousfeedback.com. Don't know who you are, where you are, and you can say anything you want to. If you want to say something that you're afraid would embarrass you or embarrass us, there's your way to go. And we don't mind it because sometimes the truth hurts. And you, if you tell us the truth, we love you. If you don't tell us the truth, we're not going to, what are we going to do? We don't know who you are. So take advantage of that if you have something sensitive you want to communicate. You just want to be, you don't want to be hassled. You don't want to be calling on live radio. That's a, that can be a little nerve-wracking. Your, Y-O-U-R, anonymous, A-N-N-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S, feedback.com, youranonymousfeedback.com. So, um, again, to all you new folks out here, this isn't all about buying cars or leasing cars. Sitting on my right is a guy named Rick Kearney. Um, he's worked for me for about a quarter century. And um, I am a car dealer. I mean, that's something that the regular listeners know. You might not know I am a car dealer. I'm in business today. But this is not an infomercial. In fact, I get embarrassed when people talk to me about on the air about buying a car or servicing a car. I'm not trying to drum up business. Hey, now listen, I'm not going to kid you. If people know what I'm doing and they respect what I'm doing and, and, uh, and they come in to buy a car from me, I'm happy. But I'm not here. That's not my purpose. And I think you'll see that if you listen. My regular listeners will, will say that too. But um, Rick Kearney can answer any question you have about any car 95% of the time, truly. And if you're a little bit nervous with this COVID epidemic running out of control, it's peaking in January, they tell us. It's going to be the worst. It's, it's going to be. And then it's going to get good after that. We got the vaccine. But January is kind of a rough month. It's going to be a rough month uh, for folks out there. If you're afraid of going into a car dealership to get your car fixed, to repair and maintain, you call Rick Kearney. You give him the symptoms of the problem of the car, and Rick will tell you what the problem is. And sometimes we have to resort to Mr. Google. Uh, sometimes we have to say, we'll get the answer for you. But 95% of the time, Rick Kearney can answer your question. And by the way, he's monitoring our YouTube account. And that's just Earl on Cars, forward slash YouTube.EarlOnCars.com, forward slash, what am, I, what am I trying to say? YouTube.com, forward slash Earl on Cars. YouTube.com or slash for long cars. Rick watch it, watches that personally. And then uh, Stu is doing the Facebook. That's facebook.com 
forward slash Sherlock Hart. Stu's watching that. Stu is also our cyber master, our spy agent, who dispatches our secret chopper, uh, which is the greatest part of the show, the most interesting. And uh, I've been yanking too much. I'm going to introduce Nancy Stewart. She's our co-host. She's a founder of the show with me back 20 years ago. And we started out at a half an hour. Now we're doing two hours and having a lot of fun. So Nancy, uh, tell them about your... Nancy's a female advocate, meaning she is trying to build the audience. Uh, you lady listeners out there, listen to what Nancy has to say. I think you're going to like it. Absolutely. I like your look this morning. Me too. Thank you. Yes, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to Earl on Cars, if you just tuned in. And uh, I have an announcement, earlsvigilantes.com. Please sign up. Do you consider yourself, well, somewhat of an auto expert? Take a look. How do you like our hats? We're all wearing our hats, thanks to Stu. Stu was behind this, well, beautiful Handsome the black hatter. hat. <laughs> and all the vigilantes getting has too. Uh, That's right. We're going to send this batch out to the current crew of, of vigilantes. and uh, But we are working on another design. We want to have a, an assortment of designs to choose from. So you could pick a red hat, maybe a green hat. But right now, they're the black hats. But don't take that the wrong way. The black hats, in this case, are really the white hats. <laughs> That's right. We're the good guys. <laughs> you got a whole thing going on here. I know. You're it's looking just, good. <laughs> stream of consciousness, you know. That's a, and, that, and look that's at Rick over there. That's a dog looking the logo. So important. And we got Jonathan. Jonathan, a huge part of the show. He's got his hat on. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you can sign up for earlsvigilantes.com. And uh, like I said, if you consider yourself somewhat of an auto expert and you really want to help the consumers in your community and help us, sign up. Now, uh, we are going to get to some other topic, and that's the ladies. Uh, ladies, uh, did you have a, a car shopping experience this week or service, anything at all you'd like to share with us? Please do. Give us a call, 877-960-9960. And the first two new lady callers, you can get yourself $50 this morning. $50 for the first two new lady callers. Our number is 877-960-9960. We are going to go to Howard, who has been patiently holding. Thank you, Howard. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, my question is, uh, actually, it's a first statement. Um, changing a car battery uh, is uh, pretty hard if you're going to lose your radio. Uh, actually, I mean, uh, I've heard cases where uh, somebody changed the battery and the radio went dead completely. Uh, Rick, can you explain that? Well, some stereos have what's called a security code in them. <clears throat> and these are on a lot of the older cars. Uh, newer ones, the radios actually don't even lose memory on, on the cars that are now about four or five years old. The systems are a lot more sophisticated. So even if you disconnect the battery for four or five minutes, you've got a, a window of time that you can get it swapped out and you won't lose any of those memory things. Um, there are devices that you can plug into like the cigarette lighter 
that will keep the systems powered up just enough to keep that memory going. Or I've even seen a few cowboys out there that uh, will actually start up the engine and while the engine is running, disconnect the battery, pull the old battery out and put the new one in. I don't recommend it because if that positive terminal touches anything metal on the car, it can short out the entire electrical system. So be aware of that and be very, very careful if you're changing batteries. Sounds to me like uh, you experience these different things depending on who you bring to uh, your car to. You want to go to somebody that knows what they're doing. I can easily see it now. You take it to your mechanic that doesn't know what he's doing and you get your memory erased on your radio, he says, well, that's just what happens when you yep. change the battery. Listen to Rick, you realize if he knew what he was doing, it wouldn't have happened. So, again, another reason to take it to a qualified technician. And I also recommend be very careful jump-starting a car because if you accidentally get those cables backwards, even for just a split second, it can blow a whole bunch of fuses and cause havoc with your car. So be very, very careful with those. Hmm. Okay, my next, my next question is, uh, hmm. Japanese cars don't have a hot ignition, uh, which means that uh, you can't plug something in uh, to your uh, uh, the 12-volt port, you know, and uh, hook up a, a battery to it and then change the, uh, uh, your car battery because it's, it's, it's not a hot, hot ignition. I know American cars... <clears throat> The uh, uh, the uh, twelve volt port is is, is hot, but not a, not a Japanese car. Is that correct, Rick? It depends on the make, but yeah, for the most part, that's true. My Lexus has a twelve volt outlet. But if you turn your key off, that power outlet is dead. Okay. So what he's saying is, if you're going to use one of those devices that plugs in the cigarette lighter to or the power outlet in order to keep your memory alive. You've got to have your key turned on at least to the accessory position. Oh, that's what Howard means by hot. Exactly. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I, I should should explain that. Um, but, but American cars, it, uh, the ignition is always uh, uh, always hot. In other words, uh, I, I know my, my son had a Monte Carlo, and he changed his battery, and he plugged in something in the uh, uh, cigarette lighter, uh, with a 9-volt uh, battery, and so he didn't lose his... Uh, he told me he was going to lose his radio. This is a, um, an old uh, Monte Carlo, uh, and he didn't have his radio code, so he did that. Uh, all right, so that's what I wanted. And one other question I have to ask you. Uh, how often do you fill the uh, the cells in, in the battery, uh, and, and how do you check that the, the cells are Okay. It depends on the battery because some are maintenance free, but if they do have the little caps that can be removed to fill with water, then anytime a car comes in for, for a, a routine service, I make sure to top those off. Okay. So about every six months, every 5,000 miles, it can't hurt to make sure that the level is proper and add if it needs it. Now, what kind of an instrument do you use to, uh, a certain instrument you use to, to fill these battery caps? Uh, you push something down, and you, you, ha you have like a reservoir and um, a little port that you push, push it down into the cell, and it fills up the water. You ever, you ever see one of these uh, gadgets? I've, I've seen them, and to me it's just, it's a, uh, I don't know, a Rube Goldberg device. It just seems like 
they're a little more hassle than they're worth. I just use a simple little water bottle, you know, one of the 20 ounce water bottles, and just go very carefully to fill some water in there. Yeah, I use an eyedropper. So uh, it, it, it that'll work. Yeah. Takes a long time to fill it up, but it works. Get the old-fashioned okay. turkey baster out. Okay. Thanks, Rick. And thank you, guys. Uh, have a good uh, Saturday. <laughs> Thanks, Howard. Howard is a regular caller every week, and mm-hmm. uh, as you can hear, Rick has a sense of humor. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget youranonymousfeedback.com and uh, stop for a moment and sign up for Earl's Vigilantes. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Let's go over to the uh, cyber spy master, um, <laughs> Stu Stewart, and uh, see what's going on with the text and we have another interesting mystery shop, don't we Stu? We do indeed. Uh, we have a, a lot of text and we have a lot of anonymous feedback that we're ready to get to. Um, I did want to touch on the mystery shopping report. I just can't get over, and I'm going to probably be saying this for the next year. Having a new, and now we can call her a veteran, uh, mystery shopper just makes life so much easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go back and cover ground, and that's what we did um, That we, we did this week. Uh, we were able to go back to a dealership uh, that we were just there uh, six or seven months ago. And with one mystery shopper, um, it's, that's kind of tough to do. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, it is not that unusual for a, a real car shopper to go to a dealership and then come back a few months later. It happens. But obviously, we reveal some of the stuff that happens, you know, on the air, and everybody's listening. It kind of uh, it can blow our cover. So we went back, uh, fresh, brand-new mystery shopper to Coggin Honda up in Fort Pierce. And, uh, well, we had an interesting experience that I'm not going to reveal now. You'll find out around 930 it would be great to be a fly on the wall in car dealerships mm-hmm. around South Florida and listen to what they, they you know, we're here we are on live radio, yeah. every car dealer in South Florida knows they could be the target and they, there's got to be some interesting conversations. Oh, yeah. Probably you couldn't play them in the air because they would be also... If they were really, really astute, <laughs> if they could, like if, if I was, if I thought, and we might be for all I know, we mystery shop ourselves um, and I don't know when our mystery shoppers are coming to see us so I'm surprised too, but uh, um, there are little clues that I probably leave around, little breadcrumbs uh, that might be an indicator. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to give it away, <laughs> but there, obviously, it's a there's a little prep that goes into the uh, uh, investigation before we dispatch the shopper into the yeah. field. So there's some little research. So in some cases, there could be phone calls to the dealer. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, you'll never know. You'll never catch me. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's go to the callers, and we have. Uh, West Palm Beach calling, and that's John. Good morning, John. Welcome to Earl on Cars. Good morning. You can hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, great. Uh, I was calling. I uh, tried to get in last week, uh, but I was I got in the uh, radio too late. Um, but uh, several things. The first one was the young lady who had the problem with the lug nuts. Yes. Uh, and... And, you know, with the swelling and all that, I just want to let uh, the, the audience know that you can go to AutoZone or one of the parts places, and they do make a socket that fits over the lug nut. And the, and the on the inside, the scroll is reversed. So it's like uh, you can go ahead and put it on there, and then you can take off uh, the, the lug nuts um, with, with a little effort, and it pops them off. Uh, and also... That tool, that socket, is also for those people 
who have lost their wheel lock, you know, the special wheel lock that goes on there, if you lose that, don't be afraid because there is a socket that will take those off uh, using an impact wrench. And I, I'm sure that your dealership, like, I know mechanics have them in their toolboxes and that, but it also works on lug nuts that have swelled as well. Um, and then, Earl, you did a great job last week on uh, giving us advice how to, it, with dealer complaints and that. Yes. But I need the other end of it, insurance complaints. Mm-hmm. One of the things, I bought a used car, the excellent condition. Uh, except for it, it stated on the car fact that it was an accident. Dealing with my insurance company lately, I found out that because the VIN number shows that the car was in the accident, my insurance rate went up. And I told them, I said, I didn't, I wasn't in the accident. I bought the car. The dealership fixed the, the accident, which was a, like a gouge in the door. You know, it had to be, you know, uh, pulled out and painted. And they took care of it because I, I don't know where the car came from. It came from auction or, or what. But uh, the car fast did state that it was in an accident and, you know, uh, and it wasn't severe or, you know, no title restoration or anything like that. It was just a minor accident. John, did the insurance, who who told you that? Was that the agent? How did you find out? Or did did someone say to you in writing that we've raised your rate because the car you bought previously was in an accident? Yeah, well... if, if that's true, I, I don't think that's. I, I don't think that is true. I don't think insurance companies do raise uh, your your rate. Uh, if you have a car that uh, you bought and it had a previous accident, uh, there's no reason why they should raise your rate. I'm surprised that they would tell you that. Do you mind telling us the name of the insurance company? Uh, it's, it's progressive, and right now I've got to, we're, we're we're car shopping. I, I'm fortunate enough to be a teacher. And I have a lot of time, uh-huh. uh, and, you know, and so I do a lot of shopping. I've, you know, I filled out the uh, online, the, uh, you know, uh, save money on insurance. So I get all these calls. Yeah. Everyone is giving me the same prices, and but right now we have the lowest rate and uh, uh, that we can get with all the, the incentives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, would... What had happened was, what it, what had happened was, uh, we understand our, we, oh, boy. Uh, we were paying for the least Honda and um, the Genesis. We were paying, and plus my son's car, he's the one that has the uh, Celsior the, that we brought in, uh, the 91 Celsior. We were paying $380 six months, and that was for full coverage on all the vehicles except for his. Yeah. As soon as he became a licensed driver, because we understand that the insurance went up because he went from a permitted driver to a license, we understand that. Um, But with the Honda, we had a flat tire in a construction zone, and because the car was moving at 15 miles an hour and we had the blowout and it scraped the sidewall, they considered it a moving accident, and... It was. I was not in an accident with any other cars. Just yeah. the, the John, he had to go. You know, get it taken care of. John, but, here's, but, but, here's, well, what, here's my recommendation. Uh, you should shop your insurance. I mean, I know you get uh, preferred rates through your 
uh, teachers uh, organization, but uh, I would, uh, everybody, this is advice for everybody, if you haven't chopped your insurance rate in the past three or four years, you're paying too much money. The insurance companies will regularly raise your rates as much as they can. I've never heard of them use the excuse that your car was in a previous accident. I think that's BS. I think that uh, someone misinformed you. And as far as the other, when you have a difficulty with an insurance company, go to another insurance company. If you're with Progressive, go to State Farm, go to Geico, go to Allstate, uh, shop some uh, quality insurance companies. I promise you, you will be able to get a lower rate if you shop and compare. And do that every three or four years. But uh, as far as complaining to about an insurance issue, uh, there's one great place to complain, and that's the floor. And if you're in Florida, which you are, Florida State Insurance Commissioner's Office. You go online. I haven't got that uh, address for you right now, but go online, Google it, Florida State Insurance Commission, and uh, and you ha they have a, a area there for complaints and comments. The State Insurance Commissioner. When they get a letter from the State Insurance Commissioner, Geico, Progressive, Allstate, it gets their attention because just like the Department of Motor Vehicles can put a car dealer out of business, the State Insurance Commissioner can put an insurance company out of business. So if you have something serious, that's where to go. But as far as your cost of your insurance, shop, keep on shopping, and you will get a lowest, uh, the lowest rate. Stu has a point. Uh, that website is myfloridacfo.com. MyFloridaCFO.com. Got that, John? MyFlorida, Charlie Frank, Oscar.com. Mm -hmm. And you can also call 1 877 693 5236, and that's the complaint line for the Florida uh, Insurance Commission. What is that number, Stu? Well, I'm driving. Uh, well, oh, no. we'll have the, the recording will be up on YouTube and Facebook afterwards, but it's 1 800 693 5326. Uh, thank you. I, I was just going to say, I'm driving right now, and uh, so I'll just listen to the recording and get the information, but I appreciate it. Thank you. Or you can text us back or call us back. We'll give it to you after the show if you can't get it otherwise. I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll uh, rewind, uh, listen to the podcast. Thanks for, thanks for the call, John. I really appreciate it. I'm sure a lot of people share your frustration with insurance companies. Please call again. Thank yes. you. Yeah, John, yeah, that was a great, uh, great call. Keep in touch and uh, go ahead and listen to that uh, podcast and you can pick up all the information. Our number is 877-960-9960 and you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, I have $50 for the first two new lady callers. Now back to Stu. Um, Alan Napier, who a lot of you guys don't know who he is because he hasn't been on the show in many, many months, but he is our... Uh, collision expert, insurance uh, company expert, he's been listening. Um, he did chime in and say that they can raise rates based on discovery of, pre of a previous accident. Uh, discovery of people with pre no, a previous accident. If you have a previous accident on your car, even before you owned it, if it comes to light that yeah. there's a, uh, I guess it could result in a higher expensive repair, they can well, raise Well, yeah, I, I, uh, insurance company can raise your rate if you wear a green shirt. That's true. You know, they, I mean, uh, they're business people, they're a business to make a profit. And they have their own, uh, uh, what Formula, do you call it, uh, algorithm yeah. for deciding how to charge people. There's a lot of controversy because they say people, if they charge women more than men, or they yeah. charge uh, 
you know, there's, uh, the, because you have a certain zip code, yeah. they charge you more? Yeah, the, the answer is yes, yeah, they the do. The question isn't whether they do, it's whether yeah. they sh should but, they. <laughs> but I think it's an excuse. I mean, to me, common sense says if I dented my fender and I traded that car in and I sold it to Rick and Rick bought the car and then the car, uh, the Rick's insurance company <coughs> ran a car factory report and say, oh, Earl dented that fender on your car you bought, I'm going to raise your insurance premium. Mm -hmm. uh, he would say, uh, why? And any normal person would say why. And a smart person would shop the insurance and go to another insurance company. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, boy, is it important for you to shop your insurance. Uh, rates change uh, f faster than you know. And uh, to keep yourself covered and not, too, and not pay too much for your coverage, check your insurance. It will benefit you. Now back to Stu. Uh, let's get some anonymous feedback. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, I finally get your point about dealer fees. I used to buy the line from dealers who charge dealer fees that the out-the-door price is the only thing that matters and that you built in these fees into your price. I think they're talking about you. Um, but now that you explain that adding a dealer fee after the fact to an advertised price is the real sin. It allows a seller to advertise a price a grand lower than they really intend to sell it. Thank you for explaining this more clearly. It doesn't matter if you have profit built into your price as long as what you see in an ad is what you get. It allows consumers to shop and compare the American way. Yeah, and what that anonymous feedbacker is talking about is we've joked on the show that our competitors, and I, full transparency, we do have a car dealership, our competitors will say, oh, that Earl Stewart, he really has a dealer fee, but he hides it inside the price of the car and that you know it all it sounds good i mean you know yeah, yeah well the point is profit is something first of all dealer fees are profit all your profit is supposed to be baked into the cake into the selling price of the car yeah our phone bill the sales commission the light bill uh uh, you know, the maintenance cost. I mean, all the anything that a businessman has has to be baked into the price of his product, and then you advertise that price, and you sell the, the uh, product, and you make a profit. But when you take something that's not baked in and say, that's my price, and they sign on the dotted line, and then you slip them a $1,000 extra profit, that's where you, the violation goes. Rick? It's kind of like going to Publix and... You say, yeah, I want to buy that cake. And they say, okay, the cake is $10. By the way, if you want the frosting on it, it's another $5. Yeah, the public fee. We have a public fee. Yeah. Yeah. What it is is they, they take advantage. Buying a car is a little bit more complex uh, you know, than buying a carton of milk. So there are some legitimate fees. And they go, well, we could camouflage a bunch of bogus fees in there. Because when you're buying a car, you're expecting to pay some sort of DMV fee. It's, it's, it's commonly accepted by the public. So, but they're not educated in what those are. So if we put a bunch of official sounding fees in there, they'll buy it and probably 75% of them will pay it. And so that's what they do. Yeah, well, stay tuned for the mystery shopping report. Uh, this mystery shopping report at the end of the show, we have the mother of all hidden fees. <laughs> I should say plural, definitely. The mother of all hidden fees oh, from yeah. our mystery shopper. We have never seen anything like this before. You know, I sit here week in and week out and I ask myself, why? Why does it continue to be so complicated to purchase a vehicle? Well, ladies and gentlemen, keep listening to us, and uh, we'll help you through your shopping experience. 
877-960-9960. Ladies, I'm waiting for you to give me a call. $50 for the first two new lady callers. And uh, we've had quite a few ladies uh, following up with uh, phone calls uh, for the last three weeks. It's been great. And I do need you to help me build that platform. 877-960-9960. Now back to Stu. Speaking of uh, that platform, uh, you want to mention who is listening right now and commenting on our Facebook page? That's right, Tina from Bonita. Tina. Oh, yeah. Yay, Tina. We miss you, Tina. Yeah. <laughs> We're chatting online, so uh, I hope she calls. Yeah. Okay, let's go back over to anonymous feedback. Uh, let's see, let's start from the most recent. This just popped in. Uh, before everyone gets too lovey-dovey with Carvana, read the reviews. There are Carvana horror stories all over the Internet. All they are is slick marketing. Beware. That's a good point. Um, Carvana, uh, for those folks who don't know, a lot of people do know because of the advertising, uh, they went public a while back. And when you go public these days uh, and you, you sell your stock, you make hundreds of millions of dollars. And these companies go out there and people are aggressively buying stocks these days. Stock market's an all-time high. And when you have hundreds of millions of dollars because of initial public offering on stock, you can saturate the airwaves and the digital waves with advertising. And they have uh, propelled themselves, bootstrapped themselves up to a national name, and they are very prominently well-known, and they sell a ton of cars, and they're also losing a ton of money. So Carvana is a used car company online. Uh, we've shopped them a few times, and we have had uh, honest uh, success. We haven't seen any shenanigans, but that's not to say they don't exist. Uh, but it is a source of used cars, and they are tapped in on the fact that people will buy cars, used cars, people will buy used cars online, something 10 years ago nobody would have believed. That's right. Okay, folks, we're going to go to Palm Beach Gardens and talk to Mark. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, everyone. How are we all doing today? Nice to hear from you. Good. Yes, thank you. It's a little chilly out in the patio, but enjoying uh, ever since the uh, sunrise this morning. Oh, thanks. Anyway, I have it to share an interesting service experience this week. Um, 90, uh, 2017 Camry. Noticed uh, it's my mother's car, but we use it for transportation. But uh, my daughter drives me around because of my handicap. But she complained about some grease on the passenger rear wheel opening that uh, grease was getting splattered onto the rear bumper. And she, uh, because of my situation, I couldn't get under there and look at it. But anyway, uh, the, she had a, took some on a paper towel of this grease that was on the back bumper. And it appeared as though that maybe a suspension boot that was packed with grease may have been cut or something like that. So it's a type of thing where you obviously don't want to drive on it like that. You want to take it in, which we did, and talk to Alexandra in the service. And so anyway, I asked her to please put it up and take a look at it, find out what's wrong with it, and give me a call so I'd know what kind of uh, damages I'm looking at, financially meaning. So anyway, um, after a while, she called me and she said, uh, you wouldn't believe this that uh, somehow you picked up a piece of citrus. It actually was a grapefruit, 
that had come up off the road somewhere and lodged into the rear suspension, and the driving caused this fruit to, uh, you know, for juice to come out of it. It was getting mixed up with road debris. (laughs) And that's what was flinging all this, which actually did, I didn't touch it, but it looked like bearing grease. And um, I was so surprised. And I thought to myself, uh, we ended up getting a set of tires and doing an alignment. And so it cost me anyway. But anyway, that's, crazy. that's a good thing when you go in for service. It didn't smell but like grapefruit? That, <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, vitamin C will yeah, actually give you a better I, fuel economy. I should, have, I should have gotten a spoon. I should have gotten a spoon to get some uh, um, slices out of there. there. But... Uh, after the fact, I thought to myself, you know, this would be a good story to share with listeners. <laughs> because what about uh, a situation you go into a dealer for service that might not be on the up and up? They right. very well could have said that something was wrong with the suspension. Mm-hmm. And this would need to be done. That would need to be done. And let's say a service rate of $180 per hour. Well, we need to do this. I could walk away with a six or seven hundred dollar bill, yeah. and not knowing for sure. Um, again, because I'm being in a wheelchair, I can't very yeah. well get under there. And um, uh, it would have been prudent if that were the case to ask for, you know, the old parts or some type of evidence. But there is a that's a situation that if you're dealing with the wrong service department or the wrong mechanic, a, a person could get hung for some money. And they could just uh, do a little bit of maintenance on it, and um, you know you could be ripped off. Yeah. So, therefore, the, the the thought is transparency and truth in service, which is a a hard thing to find these days. Yeah. So, service people beware. Um, always, uh, uh, you know, check with a qualified mechanic to have it looked at. Well, yeah, thank you, Mark. That's and thankfully, we... our, service, our service experience was exceptional, and um, I, I, that's the reason why we come back. So yeah. I didn't mean that to be an advertisement for Earl Stewart Toyota, but just um, to, to um, call in and give something that uh, was kind of funny, but mm-hmm. could have turned out to be a lot worse. Mark, thanks for that call very much. You know, we concentrate too much on sales, not enough on service, and there's far more uh, shenanigans going on with service than than sales. We really should uh, focus more, so thanks very much. That was an excellent point, and uh, please call again. We'll see you at sunrise. Sounds great. You guys have a wonderful weekend. The same to you, Mark. Thank you for calling. Oh, by the way, hi, hi, Alan Napier. I hear you listening. (laughs) Have a good day now. Absolutely. Bye-bye now. Everyone loves Alan. He's 7-7. Bye-bye. 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. And uh, Mark was saying that he he didn't mean for this to turn into uh, an infomercial or whatever. You know, Mark, the luxury of this show, freedom of speech. You give us a call and you state your facts, what you want to share with us, and we uh, appreciate it and we give it some attention. Ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. How was your service this week? There are a lot of ladies going through service drive more than you know. Now back to Stu. 
All right, let's jump over to some texts. Um, here's this is interesting. What kind of education slash work experience is best for someone thinking about getting into car sales? What kind of income can one expect? Then there's a follow-up question. How can I know if the dealership I apply to is honest and won't make me compromise my standards of morality? And that's from Ali in St. Louis, Missouri. Well, the, the experience isn't as important as the ability. Uh, if you had, if you could, you want to be in sales in a car dealership, uh, you should be a good salesperson. You should be able to sell insurance. Uh, you should be able to sell lingerie. You should be able to sell real estate. Uh, if you if you have that ability to be likable to people and to uh, communicate well, if you have good communication skills and you're likable, uh, you could have a great career in the automotive business. Uh, the average salesperson, Stu knows better than I, I would, I'd shoot a number out there, probably the mix around 50,000. That's, that's about right, yeah. And uh, a really good salesperson can make a quarter million. And uh, uh, I would say no salesperson that keeps his job would be making less than 20 or 25,000. So it, it, it pays fairly well, and there's opportunity for advancement. As far as finding out an honest dealership, uh, look at it the way you would if you're buying a car. You can go to Google, uh, you can go to Dealer Tracker, that's the one that's a specialty tracker for car dealerships. You could go to uh, Yelp. Uh, uh, word of mouth is fantastic. Talk to people that have dealt with that dealership. and. Maybe you work there, maybe you deal with that dealership yourself. If you have, uh, honesty is something that is kind of a word of mouth thing. But yeah, you want to find an honest dealer. Uh, I'd rather, uh, my father had an old expression, uh, he'd rather be in hell with his back broke. I'd rather be in hell with my back broke, and I'm using the grammatical incorrect saying just because it sounds better, uh, than work in a car dealership that was dishonest. You go in there, uh, as reason the turnover is so high in car dealerships because good people don't want to do dishonest things and you go there and they make you do things that you don't want to do. They run an advertisement for a price that they will not sell the car for and they make you a party to the crime. Yeah, you're you, the front line. You're the exactly. guy that bears the brunt of their anger. Yeah, they're, they're hiding somewhere on their yacht or in their airplane or they're on their ski lodge. Most dealers are not anywhere near the dealership and uh, and you're on you're the front lines. You're marching out there and you take all the abuse and, and anger for people that have been deceived. So find an honest dealer, and you can find yourself a good career, and you can make a lot of money. And another great resource, um, and this is for any field that you're, you want to get into, is look at, go to glassdoor.com, and that's a, uh, like a job site uh, where you can find a job. Yeah. But it also is an excellent review site, and they have reviews of companies uh, made by their employees. <coughs> and, of course, you're going to get some disgruntled employees that, that might put a review on there. But companies that have a lot of reviews, uh, you can be a little bit more confident in the overall sentiment of their, of their staff. And if they treat their, their, their employees really well, there's a, there's, it's more likely they treat the customers well, it's more likely that they run an ethical business. So always read the reviews, and you can find those on glassdoor.com. Yeah, write that down. Andy's, Great information. Anybody looking for a job anywhere, I've never heard of that. I think Stu told me about it the first time I heard about it. Glassdoor, you know, just like a glassdoor.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, whether you want to be a, a electrician, or whether you want to be a scientist, whether you, whatever company you want to work for, find the, find the company on glassdoor.com. Bigger the company, the more the reviews. The more the reviews, the more honest the reviews, 
and find out what the people that work there think about the company. Yeah, if there's one review that says they're a bunch of crooks, maybe uh, take that with a grain of salt. But if there's 300 reviews and yeah. that's the sentiment, don't even apply. Absolutely. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We are going to go to a first-time female caller, and uh, she is, uh, I believe she's from LaBelle, and it's Mary. Maybe she knows Don. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. I'm calling with an insurance question. I have a Honda CRV uh, 2011 with 101,000 miles on it. Wednesday, I was involved in an accident, and I want to know how I can guarantee that my insurance company, which is USAA, uh, will uh, accept or will provide uh, genuine uh, Honda parts? Well, you're gonna, I would ask them. Uh, they probably uh, will. Uh, uh, if, it, if they're crash parts, if they're not, I would really raise a stink. But uh, uh, you, you, you do have a challenge there because many insurance companies try to do the uh, repair for less money. And... Uh, one of my uh, crusades, and when Alan Napier was uh, active on this show, uh, we used to talk a whole lot more about the fact that insurance companies often try to put what we call aftermarket parts on cars, and you can bend with that as long as not something affecting the safety of the car. But a bumper, a fender, a hood, these are things that absorb energy in a crash. And these are safety tested for OEM, meaning original equipment manufacturer. So if you have a Honda, when Honda builds a hood, the federal government says that hood must pass the United States crash test. If you buy an aftermarket fender or hood uh, from maybe built in, uh, made in Taiwan or some other place, and they are not safety tested, they're still legal to sell. The insurance companies will tell you, well, they're certified. You know, these are quality fenders. They, they like to bandy about the term quality. Well, they might be quality, they might be shiny, and they might really fit well, and they might, uh, you might love them to look at them, but they've never been crash tested. Ask your insurance company, Progressive, I mean, I'm sorry, it was uh, USAA, ask USAA, is this fender, if it's a crash part, whatever you have to have done, has it been is it a, a original equipment? And they say no. It's uh, you know, but it's certified. Say it's been has it been safety tested in a crash? And if they say no, which they will, then you demand it, and then you then you have to go to bat and uh, call somebody, maybe an attorney. But I I I'm a strong advocate that any crash part should be an original equipment manufacturer part, and you should um, make a lot of noise with your insurance company about it. Well, this involves uh, the bumper, so uh, I, I appreciate that good advice. So um, I want to make sure that it's been safety crash tested. If it's a crash part, correct? meaning if, if, if it's, if, think about a, a head-on collision as easy as to think about. If you, if, you, if you have something hit the front of the car, 
the fenders, the hood, and the bumper are parts that need to compress so that you're not hurt inside the cabin of the car. And that compression has to be measured, and it has to be just right. It can't be too slow, it can't be too fast. And that's the key thing about uh, safety testing. They have to be on the crash parts. Now, if they're going to put a, a side view mirror on your car, and it wasn't uh, manufactured by Honda, that's not such a big deal. A side view mirror is not a crash part. Okay, but a bumper would be. Yes. Okay. Well, I appreciate your uh, your advice very much, and I I'm just in the early stages hmm. of uh, dealing with with the insurance adjuster, and um, so I'll 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 parrot your language there, yeah. and uh, mention also that I've consulted with Earl Stewart, and uh, Good, perhaps that will carry some weight. Yeah, I still had a point, Mary. Yeah, for, for follow-up information or any ad additional assistance, uh, Mary, if you go to earlsvigilantes.com, um, we list our vigilantes, and in Florida there's one named Mark, and he act happens to be an insurance and collision um, specialist, and he has texted us saying he's willing to give you any information that you need. And just go to earlsvigilantes.com, click on Find a Vigilante, and you'll see Mark's email address right there under the Florida. Excellent. Okay. I am writing that down as we, as we speak. Perfect. Well, well thank you, Mary. Thing. This is what it's for. <laughs> uh, Mary, uh, I can't well, thank you enough for calling. And please stay in touch with us, and if any one of us can answer any of your questions, uh, feel free to give us a call. That's really cool. I appreciate that very, very much because this is my first time dealing with uh, uh, an insurance company on a crash can, that was not. Uh, can be pretty tough, let mm -hmm. me tell you. And I'm yeah. sure that you know you sound like a educated consumer. Uh, Mary, thanks for being a first-time caller. You won yourself $50, and I hope to hear from you again. That goes to your deductible. Yeah, I'm so happy. I'm holding up my vigilante hat. That's the first, most direct, obvious use of Earl's Vigilantes, and it's a, we, we're, we're establishing vigilantes. These are volunteers that will help us. In this case here, it's an insurance agent, and we have an insurance question. So anybody around the country, anywhere, that would like to get a free hat and also help out other people that have difficulty with insurance companies, with car dealers, with service departments, anything related to the automobile, and you have some sort of expertise, or maybe you just want to report something that's going bad to us and we can take action. But if there's any reason you'd like to be a, a vigilante, we'll sign you up. We'll put you on the website, earlsvigilantes.com. It's also on earloncars.com. Uh, if you furnish us with your picture, we'll put that up there. If you don't want the picture, that's okay, but we'll put your contact information. So anyone that is uh, Earl on Cars follower will have a vigilante, hopefully, in their geographic area. Okay. okay. So. Uh, Rick, do we have anything from you two? Actually, we got a really interesting one here. <clears throat> uh, Negative one says, Earl and Rick, I own a 79, 1979, 10th anniversary Trans Am. Wow. True classic car here. Wow. The 400. Four speed with 56,000 miles. Oh, oh, man. It's been in storage for four years. 
I'm having a hard time finding the correct battery locally. Is there another size that would fit in the space correctly? Even Google comes up with different answers. And she says, I'm having a harder and harder time finding parts for older cars without ordering online. Yeah, this is going to be a really difficult thing for the older cars. My number one source for this that I would go to is a company called Year One. It's hmm. Year, just like the year, O-N-E-1. And they are probably the best source for classic and muscle car for the American muscle cars, that's the place for any parts. Now, for the correct battery for your Pontiac, probably the best thing you can do is just find what the dimensions are that you need. Measure the battery, actually, with a tape measure, and go online and look, and just about any place that you find a battery listed, for local places, they will tell you the, the specs, the measurements of the battery. That should give you a chance to be able to match one up for its cold cranking rating and the size of the battery so you can get the right size to fit in there. Yeah, year1.com. But year one is one of the best places I've ever seen it. Unfortunately, uh, for finding parts for one like that, you're gonna be stuck with going online to order parts because they're, they're just not available locally. Uh, the only other place I can think of that might be able to help you out and I mentioned this place several times, just because I, I see their lot is always full of some really cool classic cars, and it's Palm Beach Prestige Autos over on Dixie Highway, just north of, of the Good Samaritan Hospital. And believe it or not, I, I know nothing about the business, but every time I drive past that place, I drool seeing the cars they have out front. They just have some of the most incredible classic cars and tons of them. And you can't tell me that a business that has that many cars waiting to be worked on isn't doing something right. Okay, thank you, Rick, that's great. Okay. Okay, we're gonna go to Bob, who's been holding, and he's calling from Lake Worth. Good morning, Bob. Uh, good morning. How are you? Doing good. Okay. Uh, yeah, my question is, is uh, last year, whenever the uh, pandemic hit in March, we wanted to get back to New York quick. So rather than take the car back, we flew back and left the car here. And so now what the problem is, is that my registration is running out, but I can't re-register it until I can get a New York emissions inspection. So my question is, is there any place around that does that type of work? We'd have to ask the Department of Motor Vehicles, Florida. Uh, my guess is yes, there is a way to do it because you fit into a group of people in the hundreds of thousands of people that have cars down here from New York and other northeastern states that are, you know, we call them snowbirds. So it's got to be a common problem. To be honest with you, I don't know the exact answer, and the Department of Motor Vehicles is closed on the weekend. So. Uh, uh, I would I would call the the local Department of Motor Vehicles and ask that question uh, for the Department of Motor Vehicles, and uh, we could certainly research that and get back to you. But Stu, do you have an answer to that? Yeah. I don't. That's yeah. the same thing I would I would have said. Yeah. On uh, you might be able to find information online, but you could speak to a live person on Monday morning. 
Yeah, uh, any any government bureaucracy is difficult uh, to to communicate with. If you have a problem and you can't get through, uh, because we're a, an automobile dealership and we communicate with the DMV all the time, we have people there that we know how real people you know that you call and actually talk to and not have to do the uh, push one for this. So if you if you only get stumped, uh, just uh, shoot us a text or give us a call. Uh, after the show or any time, and we'll we'll have our title clerk and our dealership call the DMV and get that answer for you. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Bob. You're welcome, Bob. Stay in tune and uh, listen to our show every Saturday morning. Uh, I think we're going to go to uh, Stu. Sure. Sure. We got Ernesto is a longtime listener from in Gainesville, Florida, and he just sent an interesting article from Motor Trend. He said that um, Dodge sold only four new Dodge Vipers in all of 2020. You're kidding. Nope. Um, you know, it's a uh, you know high performance like yeah. muscle car, but oh, yeah. not high volume. I we, mean, we, I, you could have won a lot of money on that. I would have bet. If I just asked you how many they sold, yeah. you would have said uh, 2,400. Yeah. Yeah. You would sell. It would have been a low number, but yeah. it would have been uh, in the thousands. Wow. We wow. sold more uh, Supras uh, last year than they did. We sold five yeah. <laughs> in a whole year. To put that in perspective, that's like about a thousand Camrys. Yeah, to, Bob, uh, I hate to say this, but I don't believe that. It's a uh, Motor Trend. I looked at it right here. Is that right? They, now here's the deal: they stopped production three years ago, so these are what's left. So um, that's that's the caveat. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, it's, okay, it's we Interesting, are nonetheless. Definitely, uh, we're going to go to Jupiter, uh, where Rob is holding. Good morning, Rob. Whoops, Rob's gone. Okay, Rob, give us a call back if you uh, can, and we'll go back to Stu. Okay. Uh, here's a text. It says Jay Leno on his show. And now he, Jay Leno is no longer on the Tonight Show. He has a car show. Yeah, I uh, love it. It's what's a great it called? Show, by the way. Jay's Garage or something like that? Yeah. Earl and I watched it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jay Leno on his show says that ceramic coatings are better than wax to protect your car's paint. Is this true? Um, now, we've talked about Caranoba wax as being the best thing for your car on the show. So I did text Alan to find out if that's true. He says yes, but at a much greater cost. Yeah. And it's not something that for somebody who trades their car in every three to five years that you'd want to do that wax is yeah. perfectly sufficient. Yeah, but if you're a collector like Jay. Yeah. Or if you're a rich guy yeah. and expense is no object, then you do the ceramic. And it is better and it looks better and it costs a fortune. Mm -hmm. Um we're gonna go. Okay. We're gonna back go to back to the phones. Okay. <laughs> that is a crazy show, though. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna go to Palm Beach, where we have Dave, the dog walker. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'm playing out a new Bluetooth. Does this uh, sound all right, or do I need to get out uh, the Bluetooth? Not coming through very clear. All right. Let me get on. Let me get on the speaker phone. I'm really sorry about that. Okay. Would that be better? Say hello. Hello. It's about the same. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little worse. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's any better. <laughs> well, try calling. On these older cars, on these older cars um, particularly when you're trying to stay original, not only the size of the battery is important, to fit in the tray, yeah. but also the position of the terminal. Sometimes they're on the wrong ends. Sometimes when you, you, you put a 
a battery in, uh, you know, on the wrong side, not the wrong end. I used to go wrong end. Uh, yeah, if the keys are on the wrong side of the battery as well, sometimes your original cable won't read. And I ran into this a number of times and then ended up having to finish the cables as well. And you don't really want to have to do that with an older car because negative cables oftentimes sneak down somewhere towards the frame for the ground. And it's just a little, little, just another thing to look out for with the battery on an older car. Well, thank you, Dave. That's a, a very good point. I, uh, I didn't know any of that. So it's uh, what do you do? You have to be careful about a lot of things, not just size, but position and the terminal location. And very interesting. Well, if, if you were to picture the battery sitting in front of you and the positive terminal was in the upper left corner, the farthest corner away from you on the left side, mm -hmm. that's generally what they call an F-type battery. And if the positive terminal is on the other side over on the right-hand corner far away from you, that's an O-series. So mm -hmm. if you're looking at the, the number of the battery and it'll say something like a 24F or a 24O, that helps you determine where that positive terminal is on the battery. You realize you and Dave are boring 99% of our audience right now? Sorry. I mean, who cares? I'm only kidding, Dave. Your point, <laughs> your, your call and the question was asked and you gave us some valuable information. I'm just saying that most people don't change their own batteries these days. And uh, I don't. Uh, Nancy does, of course, but she's a uh, grease monkey. I'm sorry, but... Uh, yeah, so is my wife. That. Yeah, my wife still fixes her own cars, you know. But anyway... Uh, Congratulations. Uh, you're a knowledgeable guy, Dave. Thank you very much for the call. And uh, how's the doggy doing? Can I ask another question? Please. Okay, last week you talked an awful lot about five or six different times about oil changes. Mm -hmm. And... I uh, We had a, a franchise, an ARCO franchise in California back in the 80s. Uh -huh. And uh, one of the motor oils they had, what was their top-line supreme motor oil, was a 1040-weight graphite. Um, do they, are you aware, is that type of oil still available? A graphite oil? Oh, yeah, it was horrible. It stained everything, and but it, it had some really good properties to it. For instance, we noticed over the years uh, in our older cars because we were we were driving souped up uh, like '64 two-door uh, Impalas cars like that. The valve guides or the seals in the valve guides would be worn, and this graphite actually seemed to fill the seals a bit. And the car stopped using oil and, and smoking over a period of a couple of years using that oil. But it was horrible. Yeah, it I looked it up. Flat. It's called Crex. It, okay. It's it, an additive it's to the oil. Yeah, it's still out there on Amazon right now. Huh? I don't know if it's something we'd want to endorse. <laughs> but. No, I, th I think... No, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't either, actually. Because no. uh, no. it is really messy. And if you get any kind of a leak, it's going to permanently stain your driveway. Yeah. But it did have... It did have some properties we really liked, and we used it in the older engines. And uh, it was even before there was much popularity of the synthetic oils. It, uh, it, but it ranked right up there with the old Union 76 Triton yeah. 
motor on it. It was great stuff, but God, it was messy. Hmm. Okay. Well, Dave, uh, go your dog, your dog is saying, "Let's go. Come on." And, uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Dave! Here. Thanks for calling and uh, tell your wife I said hello. Uh, we share the same profession, and if you need anything done on your car, just give her uh, give her a holler. <laughs> I will, guys. Thanks again for doing the show every week. I really You're enjoy welcome. it. Uh, okay, I think we're going to go to Stu. Sure. Another text. Speaking of dogs, <laughs> uh, folks, remember if you're using a pet restraint. A pet restraint system in your car for your dog, please use a shock-absorbing leash. There are numerous choices with great reviews on Amazon. And I think I saw something about that recently. That makes a whole lot of sense because I think when you put your dog in a pet restraint thing, they're still attached to yeah. their leash. You don't want them to choke if you get into an accident. Do they make crash helmets for doggies? Um, no, but you could probably work on like a child-sized bike helmet. I'm ah, guessing. Yeah. I don't know. Depending yeah. on your dog. <laughs> yeah. ah, there's an opportunity for an entrepreneur. Crash helmets for doggies. Yeah, try People get, love try their get animals. The, try and put the helmet on your dog. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm picturing you, me trying to squeeze a helmet I want you on to bring, Oreo. <laughs> I want you to bring Oreo in because I want this on you'll just Facebook. See, you'll just see all the bandages on me as she destroyed me as I try to do that. <laughs> all right. Uh, we have another a text here. Uh, all these commercials for Car Shield are driving me crazy. This is nothing more than an extended warranty. The way they have these celebrities pitching this like it's some brand new miracle product is sickening. They don't mention you'll be paying a fat premium to get some level of probably questionable coverage. They use fear to sell insurance policies. Ice-T said, when your check engine light comes on, it's game over. Shame. Yeah, I'm getting those in the mail all the time. It's a ripoff. It's a... It's a it should be stopped. Uh, lying, deception. Uh, they use the de Department of Motor Vehicles database and they shotgun millions and millions of these things out. They call you, they email you, uh, they snail mail you, and extended warranties, forget about them. If you get solicited for an uh, extended warranty, throw it in the trash can. They're worthless, they're overpriced, it's a scam. Yeah, especially the tactics they use with the direct mail because the envelope will say, Warning, and it looks like it's coming from the Department of Motor oh, Vehicles. Yeah. They're good. They're your, good at what they do. Your, your warranty has expired. Um, people get these weeks after they bought a new car. Yeah. Occasionally, we get calls a lot of times from older customers who get it in the mail, you know, and they're raising hell because how could you sell me a car without a warranty? Yeah. And then we have to slow down and explain it's a solicitation. Yep. Yeah. So throw it in the recycling bin. Okay. Over to anonymous feedback. I like this one. The greatest high tech feature in cars now is the latest backup cameras. The guidelines allow you to maneuver your vehicle just Love like them. playing a video game. Love them. I cannot imagine going back to a time when I was forced to crane my neck and rely on a, a rear view mirror. And I, I fully subscribe to this sentiment. <laughs> it's the greatest in the world. Yeah, I totally rely on those, by the way. It's probably crazy. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I got to have a feeling I'm it's not, not doing the right thing. I never turn around and look behind me. I rarely look in the side view mirrors except to see the indicator lights. And I'm actually flying instruments. I get in my car and I'm on instruments. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's really the way it's going to be because the car will be on instruments when it's autonomous. So here we are. It's, mm. it's a nice transition. We're yeah. getting used to these things. We don't even realize that these things will be applied when it's fully autonomous. Yeah. I'm telling you, I know what they're talking about. So for years, we've had backup cameras, and you have the guidelines, which warns you when your bumper's going to hit something. The newer ones actually show you where your car is going to go. 
So you can look at the, these curving lines. You're like, if I continue in this path, I'm going to wind up here. Yeah. And it is like a video game. And if you're good at video games like me, you're an even better driver. <laughs> if if you even stop the car to where you're not moving at all, right, and turn, turn the, wheel. the steering wheel back and forth, you can watch those lines move. Yeah, that's great. In relation to tell you. Yeah. Where you're so, heading. ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you what. There's a whole lot going on in the interior of a car and you can just look at the person driving beside you in front of you behind you uh you can you can you can do everything but uh let's see eat you can well you can eat dinner in your car anyway uh <laughs> please in your car. <laughs> drive safe and concentrate on the road we're gonna go to mimi uh from west palm beach good morning mimi good morning nancy uh, thank you for taking the call. I have a 2004 old Mercury, I called you about before, and a 2008 Dodge Caravan. Um, the Mercury has to go in the shop and get fixed because it doesn't run. I haven't had it towed over yet. I mean, it runs, the engine goes, but it doesn't run. Um, what I wanted to know about the oil changes, I've, I've been listening to the show and other people. <laughs> uh, right now I've been switched to synthetic blend for the mercury and i wondered um should i stay at that i mean when i get it fixed i want to give it to our daughter now is it better to to go with the blend and you don't have to change the oil for ten thousand miles is that i think true? rick can answer that question well I'll, I'll, I'll try and rick tell me if i'm right do whichever is less expensive if you are, can change your oil once a year with the synthetic and that costs you less than changing it twice a year with a fossil, then go with the uh, synthetic or vice versa. So it's a cost decision. You got an old car, a 2004 Mercury, you don't want to spend more on oil than you have to. Go with the manufacturer's recommendation, which is probably fossil fuel on a 2004 Mercury. It is, so it's not dangerous to switch back. No. Okay. Oh, well, that's good to know. Uh, thank you. What about the 2008... Uh, Dodge Caravan. I can afford to get the synthetic blend at, and change it every 10,000 miles if that's. Go with the uh, fossil fuel, the regular oil, uh, the cheapest oil you can buy that is recommended by the manufacturer. Chrysler recommends a particular type of oil. Uh, buy it for the least amount you can buy it for and use it according to their recommendation. Okay, so I should. Uh, I don't have the manual. They didn't sell it to us. With it's the probably six months, uh, every six months, or every uh, 5,000 miles or 6,000 miles. With I, the WD-41, um, the basic? I don't know. Rick? Uh, oh. A 2008 is probably going to be a 10W-30 motor oil. Um, but the, the easiest way to find that is go right online and Google it. I guarantee that owner's manual is online somewhere. Very easy to find. Okay, I'm not real techie, so what would I what would I put in? Uh, 2008 Caravan Owner's Manual. Uh, really? Google yeah, yeah. 2008 Owner's Manual and then find the oil part and. Yeah. Yep. Or maybe call the oh. Chrysler, call, call the Chrysler Jeep Dodge dealer, and uh, uh, get the service department find somebody there and ask the question, uh, and uh, they'll give you the answer. It's uh, uh, okay. Yeah, they probably get a lot of calls on those things because most people lose their owner's manuals. I do. <laughs> okay, and then I'll just do what it says. Right. All right, well, thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. Thank Keep roasty toasty. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank you.
thank you for tuning in. <laughs> uh, Stu, what do we have? We have texts. We have anonymous. We'll go over to Anne Marie, who just sent in a oh, hi, one of her excellent questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good morning. I was pumping gas at a Costco, 800 miles from home, when the gentleman behind me told me that he noticed my rear left brake light was out, and I might want to get that fixed before I got stopped and ticketed. I thanked him because I wouldn't have known if he hadn't said anything. A solitary person can check to see if their headlights um, and turn signals are out, but one can't step on the brakes and jump out to see if the brake lights are working. Yes, um, you can. You can? Well, let's finish with other thing, and then you can explain <laughs> what the solution if it happens again. Uh, you can back up to a, a wall you know, mm -hmm. and flash them. Uh, it's been a while since I bought a new vehicle, so I'm not up on the latest features. Do the new vehicles have sensors that would let one know if brake lights are out? It would also be nice if one could just check their s screen on the dash for a notice from the tire sensors indicating that what tire pressure is on each tire. Since tires are getting more automated, it would be nice if they could tell us what needs attending to, whether it's a brake light or low tire pressure, or do all new vehicles already have this technology? Thanks. I do know that some of them will tell you the actual tire pressure in, which in, in the particular uh, tire, um, and I don't know if all of them do, but that is definitely something that's coming. I'll let Rick address the brake lights, but I think that would be a great idea for a full comprehensive dashboard that tells you what's working and what's not working. Well, back in the early 90s, Camrys used to have a sensor that could tell you if a taillight or brake light was out. It lighted a little light on the dash. I don't know why the manufacturer's engineers haven't picked up on that and said, hey, we could, it would be so simple to do that and be able to tell you when a light is out on your car well, they found and show out you which the, one. They found out that the cops tell people so they don't yeah. need to do that. That's well, like actually, the, the, <laughs> believe it or not, the cops nowadays won't even care. They don't, they're not looking for lights out or headlights out. If you've seen the number of cars I see on the highway with <laughs> brake lights out and yeah. headlights out. I have a question. Could it be, do, are the brake lights now predominantly LEDs now? Is everything LED? Oh, most of them, yeah. It's, it might be because they just don't, they don't burn out. I mean, obviously they could right. malfunction, but they don't go out nearly at the rate that an incandescent bulb. But uh, the simple out. method is, if you happen to be parking at a shopping center or something, somewhere like where you park up to the building, mm -hmm. back into the spot, if you've got a glass wall behind you, you a, a yeah. glass front behind you, and when you stop, look in the rear view mirror, and you can see your not only your brake lights, but also your reverse lights to make okay. sure both of them are working. There you go. All right. Well, we got a question for you, Rick, while you're on a roll. Uh, it's from Mark. It says, question for Rick. Is it true that once you use synthetic oil, that you must stay with synthetic. I was told that by a service writer. Is that true or false? Old wives' tale. Smoke go. and mirrors. No, as if you're changing your oil, if you decide to switch to synthetic for a year or two and switch back, it's not going to cause an issue as long as you're using the proper weight of motor oil. And I always recommend, especially on the older cars, Check your oil once in a while to make sure you're not burning oil on those older cars. Very good. You got any messages over there? We actually have uh, one text that came in. Let me get this up here. Come on. Come on. New phone. It's, uh, it's teaching me how to work it. Honestly. <laughs> okay. Uh, customers asking 2012 Mazda 3i with a four-cylinder Skyactiv engine, 
They say the motor idles a bit low sometimes, and when the AC compressor goes on, it tends to kick on and off. They've cleaned the throttle body and the mass airflow sensor, but the idle is still a little bit low. Uh, the throttle body on that one is going to be an electric motor activated and controlled by the computer. So if it's not a computer issue, it may be that that motor inside the throttle body is starting to get a little bit tired. Uh, you may want to have that checked out by a mechanic, but you're probably going to be looking at a new throttle body. Okay. Uh, we have a text from Colin who is weighing in on another way to check your, your brake lights. Uh, Let's, I'll just read this one. Good morning all. Just heard you mention a text about checking your brake lights by yourself. In the past I've used to leave a two and a half or five pound weight on the brake while I quickly ran around and checked. I hope that helps someone. I guess you could do that just to make sure it doesn't fall over onto the accelerator. Well, you just keep the ignition off. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, that's right. It doesn't matter if the car is Even off. while your key is off, your brake lights will still turn on when you step on the brake. There you go. And then Anne-Marie follows up says, Thank you, Rick. I never thought of backing and parking from a store with glass windows to check my lights. Simple and brilliant, thanks. <laughs> and Rick is nothing if not simple and brilliant. Simple for sure. I did, you know, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Rick is not simple. That's a complex hey, let me Let me mention real quick, ladies, I have $50 in my hands. I have a $50 for the next new female caller. $50, give us a call, 877-960-9960. And if you didn't pick up your consumer reports for January, wow, do so. There's a lot of information in there. And you know, what really stands out, I was looking at RIA uh, reliability predictions, Earl, and uh, I, was, I was noticing the subcompact SUVs and the Jeep Renegade. The Jeep Renegade comes up with a 19 score. Uh, let me straighten it out Is for you. Bad? Scores are based on a scale of 0 to 100. Ooh. A score of 41 to 60 is considered average. Yeah, but it, it literally looks cool. I mean, that's the reason people buy Jeeps. Is they really? I'm tempted to buy a Jeep because they're so cool. And uh, the fact that they're totally unreliable, eh. Yeah. <laughs> and they have high resale value. You know, you, you got to tell it like it is. That's right. I mean, there are a lot of good things about a Jeep. Maintenance and reliability and safety are not some of those things, but looks, uh, resale value. You know, Jeep is the only thing that's keeping Fiat Chrysler Corporation above water. Well, it's turned into They're, a cult. You're talking about you're talking about a a, a, a pair of Peugeot. <laughs> People don't appreciate this, but I, I was a Peugeot dealer one time. I sold 12 cars one month, and I won a trip to Paris. I mean, that's how, that's a volume Peugeot dealer. I'm serious. I sent Janet. Janet I, I, I remember when you went. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Fiat, uh, you know, fixing it in Tony, I hate to say that, but it's one of the worst cars ever built. And the Peugeot, in my opinion, was one of the worst cars ever built. They're all merged, merged now with Chrysler, and... The only thing keeping the Chrysler Corporation afloat is the Jeep. And the Jeep is the most unreliable vehicle on the planet. Weren't those Peugeots Absolutely. diesels? Huh? Weren't they diesels, the Peugeots? Oh, the Peugeots. They had diesels, yeah. yes. I yeah, remember, I think you took a beige diesel Peugeot home, and I think I 
threw up when I saw it. It was yeah. that bad. <laughs> okay, folks, Earl uh, mentioned that uh, he just might pick himself up one of those babies. Okay, here's a visual for you. Earl in his uh, Jeep Renegade, he's got his Earl's Vigilante's black yeah. hat on, yeah. and uh, he's, uh, well, he's got his foot to the pedal. Give us a vote. What do you think? Did he, will he look good in a Jeep? I don't see him in a renegade. I yeah. see him in a Wrangler. Yeah, a Wrangler. Yeah, that's what, when I say yeah. look good, yeah. the, the Wrangler, the, the Jeep renegade doesn't, doesn't look that good. Oh, you the, think the, you think the, big the wheels, yeah. Yeah. That, that new evil eye look oh. on the front of it. Oh, yeah. uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Cool. <laughs> I like you it. know him. I'll never get one, but I like it. <laughs> and how sexy. do I get into that, baby? They're sexy. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to John in Palm City. Uh, hi, John. We're, go- we're having a good time here. Great. Good morning to everyone. Good morning. To the person that called in about the Pontiac, <clears throat> have several sources. Rick was pretty good on the one he gave, but the, w- the big one for parts is Original Parts Group. Everything mm-hmm. they want for that Pontiac collectible, um, they can be- online they can get a free catalog, opgi.com, 800-243-8355. And, and the manufacturer of that battery that he wants to make it many odd sizes. This is the company directly make it for odd size boats and collectibles. Is a company called Delka, D-E-L-K-A. They're in Pennsylvania. Wow. They're in Lion Station, Pennsylvania, 610-682-6361. The exact size for that Pontiac and the good source, as I say, is this original parts group. Wow. Just wanted to get that in today before the shopping report. Thank you, John. That's fantastic. I hope this guy is listening because uh, you are really a great source of information. I started to say something about John from Palm City. He knows all that kind of stuff, but that's really cool. I know that no matter what type of car you own, somewhere there's somebody that's selling those parts. One of the reasons I know is because I restored a 1937 Pontiac took two years and it cost me a fortune but it's all original and imagine shopping around for this part and that part for a 1937 car and we found them all i didn't the guy that restored it did but uh, that's really cool thanks very much uh original parts uh is opgi like uh oprah opgi.com right fantastic uh pontiac anything he needs for that car and it's a big outfit and Delca, D, or Delca, D-E-L-K-A. K-A company. They're in Pennsylvania. 610-682-6361. Fantastic. Thank you, John. I really appreciate that. I'm only too happy to help. And by the way, that 37 Pontiac was a fabulous restoration. I happen to know the shop that did it. Yeah. They moved the other part of Florida, but... Fantastic work. Yeah, Harbor up uh, in uh, Yes, Harbor Florida. Restoration. They're yeah. in Rockland, Florida now. Yeah, yeah. They make a lot of money, John. Yeah, but they do top work. <laughs> and you know the old saying, you get what you pay for. They're, they're artists. They truly are. And they don't rush. And when they do it, it's perfect. So you're right. I, I, and when their finished product is done, when the car sells on the market later on at auction, the fact that they restored it, adds extra value to the automobile. Good point. Good point. Thank you, John. Thanks for joining us. I'm looking forward to the shopping report. Very good. Thank you. We uh, we really look forward to hearing from John every week. Uh, 
877-960-9960. I see by the clock you could squeeze uh, one or two phone calls in. Uh, so take advantage of that, especially uh, the one female call new caller out there. I have $50 for you. I think we're going to go back to Stu. I don't see uh, a sign down there with Rick. Okay. Uh, let's see. My Hello. This is, anon- by the way, anonymous feedback here. Hello, my local Toyota dealership said they don't service Lexus and only service Toyota. Any reason a Toyota dealership won't service a Lexus, especially since Toyota owns Lexus? I understand not being able to do warranty work on a Lexus. Thank you. That makes no sense. Uh, I think you got some bad information. I think if you call back that Toyota dealership and ask for the service department, he would say, who the hell told you that? Yeah. And he's probably going to, uh, you know, admonish somebody. Yeah, Toyotas and Lexuses are, are just about the same thing. Uh, Lexus costs a lot more money, and it's got a lot more bells and whistles. And uh, But any good, qualified Toyota technician can work on Lexus, except, as the caller said or the texter said, for warranty work. That's because Lexus won't reimburse a Toyota dealer for warranty work uh, you know, on a Lexus, so mm-hmm. you have to take it to a Lexus for warranty work. If you have a Toyota, if if you or you or you have a Honda, go to an Acura dealer. If you have a Toyota, go to a Lexus dealer. If you have an Infiniti, go to a Nissan dealer. Uh, if you have a a Chevrolet, a Cadillac, go to a Chevrolet dealer. Uh, take it to the low price spread brand, and they will charge you half of what the luxury car dealer charges you. Lexus dealers charge a fortune. Toyota dealers. Sometimes charge a fortune too, but it's a, about a half the fortune that a Lexus dealer charges. So take it to the low price spread, save a ton of money. That's right. And this, this might be a follow-up question that's related. It says, Rick, are you able to be a certified Lexus mechanic, dual certified? Nope. Well, that's, he could be. He's qualified to be, yeah. but Lexus would not give him the, the certificate. They jealously protect their brand and... Uh, uh, they try to treat themselves like they're a separate company, but they're not. They're Toyota. Uh, the reason they like to do that, same reason Cadillac and Infiniti and Acura do that, is a brand thing. It's a prestige thing. When you go to the country club, uh, you'd like to say to the parker, I have the black Lexus. You don't want to say you're driving a Toyota when you're at the country club. So the, the people that are out there that want to buy a luxury brand, they're proud of it. They don't want to say that Lexus is really a Toyota or that Cadillac is really a Chevrolet, but under the skin, that's what they are. Excuse me. Excuse okay, me. Okay, folks. <laughs> Prima right. donnas, I think. We're going to go to Boynton Beach where we have Paul holding. Good morning, Paul. Yes, good morning, guys. Happy New Year to the radio family. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I have a 99 Toyota. I've called in before about the, the car. It's up until about a week ago, it was performing uh, perfectly. And then I put in a gas line additive that I've been using regularly probably for 40 years. It was like a dry gas product because of the water that sometimes comes from the gas stations. And uh, now I can't get the, the vehicle to start in the morning. Hmm. And the, the day after, I, I had a quarter of a tank of gas when I put the additive in, fully intending to go fill the car up. And uh, the next day, I tried to start the car, and all I could uh, smell was uh, ether, and the car wasn't, wasn't starting. 
then eventually it, it did start. And now I have uh, what could be best described as like pedal uh, fade. As soon as I put my foot down on the gas to accelerate, nothing happened. And I have to basically start pumping the pedal and I can't get the car to go above 40 miles an hour. And quite frankly, I'm afraid to drive it. I don't want to get stuck somewhere. Um, this could be a, uh, a very bad thing, or you might be able to get away with just a simple shade tree fix. Here's, here's what I would try. Do you have another vehicle that you can get around with a little bit? Oh, yeah, we have a second car, yeah. I would get a couple gas cans of fuel uh, fresh fuel, take your car, put it in the driveway, start it, and just let it run. You say it's only got about a quarter tank, just let well, it run until me, it runs digress. empty. Let me digress, because I did go buy a gas can, and I went to a gas station, and I got five gallons of gasoline. And uh, that allowed me to start the car and you know get it semi on the road, but it, you know, it still is not performing the way the car did. The car, it was a flawless performance for that car up until a week ago. Uh -huh. and, have have uh, you been have, using this product before? Yes, now, and uh, I still have the uh, the pedal fade problem where if I try to accelerate, it does nothing happens, and that, and it and it does backfire sometimes. What well, have, have you used this product in this car before? Oh yeah, like I said, it's 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 like a go-to thing for uh, you know. I live when we lived up north, mm. something we would put in every winter, and it was. It's, I got it. I it's it's an off-the-shelf product. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And it's it's something that's it was made by a company called Heat, and it's in a yellow you know plastic container, and it's it's probably if I. Uh, you saw it, you probably realize you might have used it yourself. Well, this is a long shot. I'm just thinking, uh, you know, even uh, additives, reliable additives, uh, you might have got a bad can, I mean, or a bad bottle. Uh, I would go online. I try to contact the company, which might be difficult, but uh, I try to find, just like you would if you had a problem with the car, if you have a problem with this product, go online, Google it, and you might have a chat room or you might have some conversation about that because what you say is so unusual uh it could be total coincidence maybe that maybe that uh 99 toyota was getting ready to have a problem and it was just coincidence that you put the additive in but you know i don't believe in coincidences and i, I it could be uh, some of the additive and maybe somebody else has had the same experience and if you could somehow get through to the company uh, they might have a tech support or they might have somebody that you could uh, chat with or email t and see if you could get some feedback but yeah, I think uh, Rick's kind of stumped I think and I am too. Well my, my next thought would be it would need to get to a mechanic to be able to check fuel pressures, uh, check the exhaust output, make sure the exhaust isn't plugged up, uh, I mean, because there's quite a number of things that cause this issue. Well, he doesn't issue. need the car right now, so I think before you go to a mechanic and end up paying something, because the mechanic, uh, to give him credit, he's going to have to charge for diagnosis. Yeah. And, you, and you're going you're gonna to be looking at a couple hundred bucks just for diagnosis. I would try, uh, I'd go online. I'd really research it heavy online and see if I could get anything that would indicate that this gas additive was the culprit. 
Something I thought about, and I, I went back to where I bought the additive and asked the, uh, the clerk at the store, who has been very knowledgeable in the past when I've had questions. Yeah. Didn't know anything about that, but I'll, I'll try the Internet. It's a long shot. It's a long shot, but worth a try before you go to the mechanic. Yeah. And like I said, the other, if, if you want to try this, just let the car sit outside and just let the engine run until it runs completely out of fuel then put in about 10 gallons of fresh fuel and just kind of flush the system out and let it run again. You think it would be advisable if that, you know, causes any improvement to just change the gas filter too, just in case? Uh, you're going to have a real tough time because the 99, I, I'm guessing this is a Camry? Camry, yeah. Yeah, the fuel filter on a 99 Camry is located over on the uh, the driver's side of the engine compartment, and it's actually kind of tough to replace unless you know what you're doing. Um, but it's really not a, Toyota actually listed as a non-serviceable item, and they don't even recommend replacing it as a maintenance thing. So I, I would try just running it out of gas first and putting in fresh fuel and flushing it through, see if that makes a difference first. All right, I'll give it a try. Uh, but I do have one one other question. Uh, with regards to the newer Toyota, uh, Toyotas, the 20, 2021 model, uh, other than the uh, rear cameras, what kind of uh, you know safety uh, equipment does it come with? Does it have, like, collision avoidance, any of those other bells and whistles? Everything. Yeah, everything. Uh, Paul, you, Paul, you wouldn't believe it. It's going to be, if anything, has got too much. You're going to, yeah. if you, if you want to try one of those out, uh, they they have gone overboard on safety, if you can go overboard on safety, and but it's uh, the difference between an old Toyota of uh, even a five-year-old Toyota, much less a twenty-year-old Toyota, uh, or any car. Uh, they're, they're so darn safe today, you can't believe it. I mean, all the yeah, all the high-tech stuff. What used to be optional is now yeah. becoming standard. Yeah, and it's smart because uh, that's I mean, it's available. It's probably not that expensive for them to make. Yeah. I'm sure I'll be in for a rude awakening when I sit in uh, behind the wheel of a new car, but yeah. uh, I took a course from AAA that had uh, explanations of all those devices, so hopefully I'll be ready. The Great. good news is it's, it's, it's dummy-proof, so most of the stuff, you don't have to do anything. It's just it's doing it for you anyway. Yeah. So it's more important to know what it's telling you, but you, you really don't have to do anything. It's, uh, it's all passive, and it's, uh, it's great stuff. All right, well, gentlemen, thank, thank you for your time, and uh, you might be seeing me very shortly up at the showroom. Okay. I hope so. Thank you, Paul. Hope to hear from you again. Uh, uh, folks, I, I can't go to the Mystery Shopping Report without mentioning Earl's latest column. And uh, do you know um, Earl Stewart can guarantee you uh, that uh, you can, whatever car that you buy, that you can uh, get the lowest uh, price. And do you know why? He says, just go online. Uh, some of us are, are a little nervous uh, in this uh, digital revolution, uh, but guess what else Earl Stewart says? He'll walk you right through the process every step of the way, and you can be guaranteed that he will do it. He's even put a limit uh, on the uh, number of people that are going to ask him. What, what was that number again? 100. 100. Okay, folks. You heard it right here. Let me help you buy your next new car 
online. Well, a lot of people out there, we get this call every day of people that we say, we'll go online, Google it, uh, go here. A lot of people aren't that savvy. I mean, uh, there are a lot of smart people out there that weren't born into the digital age, and they continue to operate in the uh, analog age. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they read books instead of go online, and they, you know, they use telephones instead of smartphones and blah, blah, blah. So it, we're changing so fast now that we've got to the point now when you buy an automobile, if you don't buy it online, you're going to pay too much, probably. And so I just want to walk some people through out there, and I volunteered to help a limited number. We'll see what happens, and, uh, but I'll help you uh, go through the process. And uh, it's on EarlOnCars.com, the blog this week. Okay, and this is related. We can get to a couple of more anonymous uh, comments yeah. uh, before we get to the mystery shopping report. This one says, hi, my local Toyota dealership says, I'll match your out-the-door price, but they treat customers as a transaction instead of cu as customers. Should I drive this to you, Earl? Should I drive three hours to buy from you because of your honesty and you know how to treat customers instead of buying local? And I think I know what your answer is going to be to that. Well, the answer is you buy where you can get the best price. Right. And, uh, and uh, I, I encourage people, and I think any legitimate one-price dealer, unfortunately, there are very few of those. Uh, I can think of uh, CarMax uh, as a used car dealer, and I believe Carvana is another one. Very few new car dealers will do this. But if you can get a price, that's what you should do, an out-the-door price from a dealer, take and shop that price. Uh, I don't care whether it's me or any car dealer. Once you have an out-the-door price, shop it and compare it. I mean, that's what you do with everything else. Why, why do you want to buy from one dealer when, when he's selling the exact same product that 10 other dealers are, are selling? If you're going to buy a hat, you're going to buy a TV set, you're going to buy a loaf of bread. Uh, well, maybe a loaf of bread is not that expensive, but any, any expensive item, if you don't get at least three bids from three different competing businesses, you're going to pay too much money. So that includes my price. Take my price and shop it and compare it. If you get an out-the-door price and beats it, go with it. That's right. All right, here's a question for Rick. Good morning, question for Rick. I have a brand new 2020 RAV4 all-wheel drive. You need to turn the steering wheel about three inches to the right for the car to go straight. Toyota has done two alignments under warranty and nothing has changed. They're telling me there's nothing they can do. I have opened a case with Toyota, but they have not been any help. Has Rick seen it on any RAV4s with this issue? If you send me an email address, I can send photos of the alignment printout. No need to be anonymous. This is just the easiest way for me to send the questions when I can't listen when you're live. And that's from, that's from Ryan. And we have the uh, email address. So, Rick, I'll give this to you after the show. You can send him an email. Then he can send you pics of the sheet, and, and maybe you can help him out. Um, moving along really quickly, this is a great question. Uh, does the out-the-door price apply to lease quotes as well as purchases? Yes. Right. And, uh, and, of course, uh, let me repeat the definition of out-the-door. That comes up in the Mystery Shopping Report, which is coming up next. Dealers use that term all the time, out-the-door, but it ain't out-the-door. And uh, out-the-door price, here's the definition. Memorize this. The out-the-door price is the price you write the check out for, hand it to the car dealership salesman, get in your car, and drive home. There's nothing that you have to pay other than the amount of that check. Out the door price is the price that you write your check out for, 
hand it to the salesman, get in your car and drive it home. And if you make it clear to the dealership you're talking to, when you ask for an out-the-door price, tell them to put it in writing. Email you, text you, write you a letter. Uh, verbal won't cut it because verbal is where the confusion comes in, or I should say the deception comes in. Email me the out-the-door price, Mr. Car Salesman, and here's what the out-the-door price is. The price you write the check out for that I'm going to give you and that you're going to let me drive that car home with that check. I get the check, you get the check, I get the car. That's the out-the-door price. It's pretty simple. It is simple, but yeah. they abuse it all the time. The Absolutely. Mr. Shopping Report coming up abused it, and all car dealers will tell you it's out-the-door when it's not. That's the reason I came up with the form. The out-the-door price. Go to Earl and Cars and pull that form up. Is it still on the website, Earl? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you, Stuart. Out-the-door price affi affi affidavit. Uh, one last one. We'll squeeze it in before we get to the shopping report because I think it's charming. One time, many years ago, I went with my dad to buy a new Chevy. He was a Chevy guy. My dad asked the salesperson for the dealer's price. The salesperson, with a straight face, stated he could not disclose the price until my dad agreed to purchase the vehicle. <laughs> dad left that Chevy dealer. He was so angry he went to look at a Nissan. He bought a Nissan Maxima, and he never considered a Chevy again. Yeah. And that's what happens. Yeah, it is. You hear that, car dealers? You're, you're digging your own graves out there. Okay, folks. Um, we are going to go to the mystery shopping report of Coggin Honda of Fort Pierce. And we remind you every week, your vote is very important. So send it in, 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay. For some reason, we keep forgetting the mystery shop Coggin dealerships. Back in 2016, the 13th year of Mystery Shopping Reports on this radio show, 13th? Did you do the calculation on that? I could be a little bit off, but okay. we're roughly in that <laughs> Very close. 15 to 20 year range. I'm getting old, I don't remember. We realized we never investigated Coggin dealership. We targeted Coggin, Honda, and Fort Pierce. They failed, and we never went back. Huh. You're right, we should have. Four years is too long to go between mystery shops at any one dealership, so much can change, and it does, daily, much less yearly. We see this every week as we move dealers on and off the recommended dealer list. Dealerships turn over salespeople and management constantly. Marketing styles, technology changes. So back in June, we returned with Agent Thunder to investigate one of the most bizarre things we'd ever seen from a car dealership. Agent Thunder was our mail shopper that we had for... And he, he's still there in the wings. We yeah, he's still there. Yeah, we still use him, yeah. We've been using uh, Agent Lightning a lot. Yeah. And uh, when we investigated before with Agent Thunder, we discovered the holy grail of hidden fees. I like the mother of all. The mother load. Things. Mother load. Looking over Coggin uh, Honda's website, we saw they offered online buying, just like every car dealer on earth claims to have now, but it isn't really. We selected a new 2020 Honda Accord and began going through the steps to find our online price. We were surprised to get what appeared to be an out-the-door price. Uh, what I just said a minute ago. The MSRP was 24975 There was an itemized discount of $1,982, which gave us a sale price of $22,993. Then they added $1,292.70 in sales tax and in sales tax. 
It was a breakdown of fees at Flabbergasted. Never in the history of this radio show have we seen anything so ridiculous. Frankly, I forgot about it. Mm -hmm. And I saw it and I said, <laughs> how could I forget that? I mean, it's truly comical. I actually thought it was a joke, uh, and uh, it wasn't. I mean, uh, and, they're, and they're doing it regularly. And what's even more amazing is Coggin Honda in Fort Pierce is owned by the Asbury Auto Group, which is one of the largest auto groups in the country. Uh, they have two or 300 dealerships. Uh, they're traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Matter of fact, their stock just hit a new high Friday, $165.76. New 52-week high, Asbury Auto Group, Coggin Honda. So wow. whatever they're doing at Coggin Honda, it's making them a ton of money, all right? Uh, it was a breakdown of the fee. Okay, here we go. I'm going to read you the breakdown of fees. This is the mother load, holy grail of hidden fees, and you're not going to believe it. Okay, advanced, re I'm, I'm going to go through it fast. Advanced replacement, $2.80. State transportation fee, $21. Service charge, $2.50. Transportation disadvantage, I underlined that one. What? $1.50. <laughs> Agency fee, what? Four seventy-five. Lemon law. That's, that's legit. Yeah, Le juvenile justice <laughs> for a dollar. <laughs> for a buck. Initial <laughs> registration fee, uh, two twenty-five. Maybe. Security fee. Uh, well, what's that? A dollar. <laughs> Title service fee, four twenty-five. I'm a car dealer, folks. I've never heard of most of these. Uh, Title service fee, four twenty-five. Plate fee, twenty-eight dollars. Surcharge. State transportation, a dollar twenty. Lean fee? How do they know you're going to buy? You're going to finance the car. There's no lean fee unless you finance the car. Two dollars. Here's my favorite. Oh yeah, reflectorization. What is it? Hard to pronounce. <laughs> reflectorization. Fifty cents. Maybe that means they polish the car. I don't know. It reflects the light. I don't know. Law enforcement radio system. What? A dollar. <laughs> air pollution control. Oh, they all have air pollution cars today. A dollar. Title fee, $48. Registration fee, $45.60. Odometer fee, a dollar. Frivis. Frivis. <laughs> F-R-I-V-S. We looked it up last time. I don't, uh, yeah. I'll do it again. 50 cents. It's only 50 cents. Yeah. Hey, here. Take it. I'm not going to... Uh, 50 cents. I'm not going to argue. I'm, I, love, I love this one. <laughs> Emergency medical service. A dime. 10 cents. What do you get for you that? Know, if I get you get a, a Band-Aid? If I have a heart attack, you come out to my house and tiny give me CPR. No, yeah. That's all you get. Decal on demand, a dollar. Pre-delivery service fee. Now we're getting there into we the normal language. $799 for the phony uh, pre-delivery service fee, which is a dealer fee, which is profit. All this is profit to the dealer. And the private tag agency fee, $98. You pay the tag, the private tag agency, 10 bucks, and you charge 98 and uh, who cares what you pay them anyway, because it's part of the cost of doing business. Anyway, uh, that took a long time to read, but it was so bizarre and unusual. We have never seen this many hidden fees on from one dealership. And this is a publicly traded company, mm -hmm. Asbury Auto Group. Yes, that was real. It came off Coggins on this website. In case you don't believe me, here's a screenshot, and uh, I'll hold this up to the camera here. This is to show that we didn't make this up. The fine print that you see there in the middle, or everything I just read. I just go to CoggenHonda.com and go click on any listing that's on every listing. Yeah, yeah. So, Agent Thunder went in with this price, uh, was subjected to old school treatment, and was given a final prize 
$877 higher than the posted online price. Uh, this is our previous shopping report. Uh, this week, we went in with Agent Lightning. Her mission was to go in and try to buy a new 2021 Honda Accord Sport. We identified online with an out-the-door price of $31,381.23. And, as expected, this price included all those nonsense hidden fees. Holy grail of all hidden fees. And, uh, where am I now, Erica? Okay. Uh, here's the report. Upon entering the showroom at 9.30, I approached the receptionist, who was thankfully wearing a mask, asked for a salesperson. She spoke on the intercom, summoning help for me. We waited. No one came. The receptionist theorized the sales department must be in the meeting. We waited a while. Then Spencer approached. Spencer asked me to follow him, led me to his desk. He referred to a document titled Kagan Honda Guest Sheet and asked me a series of questions. As we began discussing the vehicle, Spencer's manager, Victor, came over. Victor made small talk, assured me that I was in good hands with Spencer. This took uh, close to 15 minutes. I looked around. I was the only customer in the showroom. I think Victor was bored <laughs> as we spoke. Spencer excused himself to get the car. I met Spencer out front as he was pulling up with the Accord. He parked, got out, began to go over the features for me. Then he asked for my license so he could check out a dealer plate and returned quickly to take the car for a spin. He explained he had a pre-planned route as we pulled out onto US-1. Then demonstrated a very good command of all the details of the car. He also said he had only three months in the business, which was remarkable considering how much he knew about the car. I believe he only had three months, yeah. although sometimes they'll tell you that. Young guys, especially so, with Honda and Toyota, they yeah. have good training, product training. And I believe the Asbury Auto Group has excellent product training. And I believe this guy went through intensive training. When we got back to the store, I told Spencer I to move on. Back at the desk, he entered uh, more of my information on the computer, then left to get a worksheet to review with me. He was back in a minute or two with a, work with a worksheet. Top line was MSRP $30,070. There was no discount. No discount. He added wheel locks for $74. What did, you know, here we go. Dealer installed accessories. Uh, next to dealer fees, hidden fees, the worst crime they commit. You didn't ask for it, you didn't want it, it's put on the car, whether you like it or not, and here's what they put on there. Wheel locks for 74 bucks, way overpriced. Splash cards for 141, way overpriced. Cargo tray, 124, way overpriced. And $60 for pinstripes, way you can put on for uh, 15 bucks. or 20 bucks, 12 bucks maybe, yeah. Uh, then he added sales tax for 643, tag and title fees, and finally, 799, another hidden fee called dealer service charge. In all, the grand total, $1,198 was added in unwanted, worthless equipment and hidden fees. So that was the out the door price until he got another price. Now, this is the real out the door price $2,462 higher than the online price. I told Spencer that I had no intention of paying the full price pointed out he was charging me a full list plus a bunch of add-on garbage. Spencer responded by asking me what other cars I had in my household. Spencer was well-trained, very calm. I asked him why he wanted to know this. He said he was trying to see if I qualified for a Conquest rebate. I said we only had one car and it was a Honda. Spencer then shifted to trying to discuss monthly payments. I said that I wanted to pay cash 
But he didn't seem to hear me. Spencer was well trained. Didn't hear a word. I want to pay cash. Just kept on going. Called his finance manager. I want to pay cash. Called his finance manager to intervene. So here comes the finance manager, Jeff. Came in to convince me to finance. I told him, as I explained to Spencer, I'm going to be paying cash. He asked me what payment I would hypothetically be comfortable with. I'm not hearing you, man. <laughs> I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I want to pay cash. I don't care. Yeah, but in theory, I held my ground. <laughs> I held my ground. He shifted back to price. He asked me what price I would be comfortable with. Old school, old school. Uh, yeah, Publix. What price would you be comfortable with for this loaf of bread, Mr. Stewart? I'll give you a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> Let me talk to the manager. How about a I'll dollar? I'll see what I can do. Yeah, here can you go. sign I here? Commit to uh, this bread? <laughs> I said I'd be comfortable with a healthy discount off MSRP. You're trying to fool this me, slap me in the face with a sticker price, plus, plus, plus. I said my husband wouldn't let me come back to the dealership if I brought home the worksheet Spencer had given me. Jeff, the finance manager, left to get new figures from the desk. So we go from the box to the desk. Mm. He returned with another worksheet, explained he never sees deals like this. That's his verbiage for, boy, this is, we're really, you're stealing this car. Yeah, never Sweetie see Sweetie pie, you're stealing this car. He must uh, like you. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in for a good surprise. Well, I, I've already been surprised. This time, the MSRP was discounted. Listen to this, folks. Discounted three thousand five hundred forty-five dollars, making the adjusted price twenty-six thousand five twenty-five. Then they added the same crap. Out the door, I was now thirty thousand seventy-two fifty, thirty-five hundred dollars less, just for putting up a little fight. Slam, bam, wow, thirty-five hundred dollars less. The price was also thirteen hundred dollars less than the online price. Now that is really unusual. Just switched back to financing and started, oh, Jeff, switched back to financing and started explaining all the great rates Honda had and I should really consider financing. Folks, car dealers make twice as much when they finance the car. You want to know why they keep going after you on the financing? They average about $1,000 profit on a car when they sell it to you or less and they average twice that on the financing. So. They, they, sometimes they break even or even lose a little bit of money when they sell you the car and when they finance it, they can make four, five, six, seven thousand dollars mm -hmm. They average, Auto, Auto Nation, the biggest retailer of cars in the United States, averages $2,000 in financing. So that's why the fight is on. Uh, anyway, I cut them off, going back on financing, said we could discuss all that after I viewed with my family and made a decision to move forward. I thank both men and left. So here we go. Epilogue. Went for the throat on the first pencil. That's vernacular car dealer stuff for really trying to nail you. Go for all the money. Uh, uh, you know, if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it. This is a sales meeting. Okay, man, you got to ask for sticker plus. If you don't ask for it, you're not going to usually get it. But you're going to, every now and then, someone's going to sign on the dotted line. But you have to ask first. So they went in asking for more money than sticker, thousands of dollars over sticker. And there are vulnerable people out there that are not, maybe English isn't their first language. They don't understand what you're saying. Maybe they're very young. It's the first car they ever bought. Or maybe it's a 80-year-old widow 
who had never bought a car before, the husband and all the shopping in the family, he passed away, and she comes in, and guess what? Slam dunk. You pay $5,000 over a sticker because you asked for it. That's the sales meeting that these car salesmen go through. No two people pay the same price for the same car and the, single, and the same car dealership. And just remember that. So if you don't do your research and your homework and you don't negotiate, I prefer the research and homework, then you're going to pay too high a price. So there we are, and we have uh, come to the voting time. Mm -hmm. Talking Honda, I remind everybody, we grade on the curve. Um, mm -hmm. Back when we shopped at Cogget Honda before, I think we were a little bit more strict. I just have to say that. Uh, we know that all car dealerships have some very distasteful practices. And if we were to fail a dealership for charging dealer fees, for example, we wouldn't have anybody on the recommended list. So we started grading the car dealerships on the recommended list. On the do not recommend list, we we're, have the worst of the we're, worst. We're remodeling that. Yeah. We're, this is in process, so we're going to go to a grading system, yeah. and it'll be your decision as a listener and as a consumer whether or not you are feel that the grade yeah. warrants a recommendation. Yeah, if you have two Honda dealers or three or four on the recommended list, uh, I'd start with the one with the highest grade. Yeah. And if you have a B and the next one down is a C, go with the B first. Yeah, and we have grades coming in now, and uh, they're not good. Um, we have from Mark, we have a D minus minus. Uh, we also have an F from, oh, I just lost my spot there. That's from Bob, gives him an F. On Facebook, uh, Linda gives him an F. And I did commit my New Year's resolution is to be a little bit tougher, and I'm giving them a D. Okay, Rick, what do you say? Uh, I've got Nate Ward, typical old school experience, D minus. Mark Smith, D minus, so sad. Wayne Veit, D minus. Negan One with a D minus. And Tom Gilliland, find the exit door fast, F. Mark Ryan, F. Boris Balaban, F. Ernesto Ortega, F. Tom Stokel, they don't deserve an F, but that's the lowest grade we can give. <laughs> So an F. Uh, myself, I'm gonna go with the D minus for yeah, because you. Yeah, you know what to expect with them. I hear you. Yeah. So if you if you're armored up, you can you can do some damage. But that, that's the secret thing for Honda. Exactly. Yeah. Push back a little. Don't accept yeah. anything. Um, in the car business, they also another vernacular. I hope it's not too crude. They drop their they'll drop their drawers <laughs> if uh, if you if you push back. Mrs. Sun, Mrs. Sunrise, Nancy Stewart. Thank you. Um, again, it's complicated. I, you know, what's up with this? Um, I, I want to pay cash. I want to pay cash, and they're not even listening to you. Then they bring in a manager. What are they going to do? Pull a tag team on you uh, just to break you down? And then, because you fought, you got $3,500 less for putting up a fight. And uh, like all the guys said here, you know, we, we got to pass them. Uh, otherwise, there, there won't be any place to shop. So I give them a D minus. Mm -hmm. So what did you give them? I gave a D. A D. I'm going to give them a C minus. And, uh, You're going easy. Well, I'm, I'm going easy you know, because they truly didn't. You know, you have to differentiate between the people that truly lied. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
I want more fees. I'll give them a C. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in again this Saturday morning. We do appreciate your company. We'll see you right back here next week. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe.